This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Conscious Living here at the Specialty Produce Network. We are so glad you're here to support your lifestyle with the fastest growing resource for conscious families. So sit back, relax, connect, and enjoy. Welcome to Center for Conscious Kids at Specially Produce Network. We're here today to discuss conscious living with Lori West, a professional golfer. Hi, Lori. How are you? Great. Great to be here. It's exciting. We're excited you're here. Yeah. We wanted to talk to Lori and ask Lori many questions about how it is to, in her life, being a professional golfer. And how did you get started, Lori? Well, that's a pretty long story. (laughs) But uh, I think you know when you're a kid what you sort of want to do in life. And for some reason, I wanted to be a professional athlete. I knew right away. Um, I was always good at sports. And golf just became the vehicle for me to do for the rest of my life. I've been a pro golfer now for 35 years. Wow. So. Wow. So when did you first know? Like you said you knew right away. Is that like as a two-year-old? As a four-year-old? No, I would say like 10-ish. You know, when... When you're doing sports and you're winning in everything you do and you get joy from that winning. Uh, back when I was growing up, so I'm 61, so you can the time period back then, uh, sports, sports were around, but they weren't as organized as they are now. Yeah. But they were really uh, a great vehicle for kids to really release energy and have fun. Yeah. And uh, – for me, I got a lot of joy in winning. It wasn't as competitive as it is now, I think. Yeah. I think the competitiveness now is is almost not a negative thing, but it's it's a lot. And back then, it's sort of the joy that gets everyone into the sport. So Yeah, yeah. Because what, what I wanted to ask you about and, and really focus on today was was empowering parents and other people who care for kids who really do know they want to be a professional athlete. Yeah. And, and I definitely was not that type of kid. <laughs> so I wouldn't even know what Spurs. We all have our strengths. That's right. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what Spurs went on. But I do know that there are many children who are growing up in this world, even today, knowing that they want to play professionally in whatever sport it is. And, and what creates an environment that supports them in it, really developing that, that professional level? Well, I think in sports you really need to keep the joy – level up. Uh, push energy, I think, is is what's being used a lot in sports these days. And uh, I think the push energy might get the person into the sport, but they might not have a long-term relationship with it, yeah. um, whether it be injuries or too much competitiveness and failures. But in sports, you have a lot of ups and downs. So I think the more joy you're getting and the more support you're getting for even when you don't do good, yeah. Um, that you still get something out of being there and doing the job, so to speak. And yeah. in golf, um, most of us do not win every tournament because there's only one person that gets to win every week. So if there's 30 tournaments a year and there's 250 professional golfers, if you do the math there, you're not going to win a lot. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> that's just that's just the reality. So you really have to know how to really enjoy the moments that you're having. And I think um, parents are there to help support those moments, as we all know, when a kid's crying or yeah. not having fun. But I think parents can even inspire the kid like, wow, wasn't it? great out there, what a day it was, and right. to even see the other team play at a high level, sometimes even engaging the kid to understanding how great the other team had done right. to beat them, right? Yeah. And I think just being that kind of conscious parents, you've really, there's there's a way to push. I think in an athletic situation, you really never have to push a kid. I think they're going to really take the lead there. You're just there to support them. Uh, brush them off, pick them up, and really inspire them that just um, – it, it's not the winning the prize. It's being in the arena that right. is the greatness. Yeah. yeah. And playing amongst other colleagues that are right. of similar interests yeah. um, in, in the way that they want to play in the same construct that you would like to play. So, for example, what what is um, – what is that ideal person that you like to play with when you when you play golf and you go even for fun? Who who do you like to hang out with? What what type of person is that golfing with them to to get that joy and that inspiration? Right. For me, I'm not a serious person, so serious people sort of make me nervous. And in in golf, to really have someone that's really energetically at a high level and is showing me such talents. And enjoyment of the game is what I look for. Wow, yeah. And I think, you know, my golf coach once said, go to, go to dinner with good putters. In other words, hang out with the right people and right. you're going to get the right results. Right. And uh, with kids, I think you see that too. You know, you have, to, you have to make sure your kids are picking the right friends. Right. And then you have to sort of maybe help them, guide them into the right friends. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. So maybe if the child is a little shy, maybe cre- creating some people in their environment that would be a little less shy to help them come out and exactly. be that true spirited nature that they are. Right. Right. And right. help develop that that way. It, it's so fun when I'm playing golf now and I see the dads and the moms bringing the kids to come out and watch us. You can tell the shy ones and not shy ones, and and I'll throw them a golf ball or something, and the joy they get out of that, or getting signatures from the pros, mm-hmm. you know. So just that little interaction opens up a kid. So sometimes mm-hmm. just getting them in little situations like that, or getting them in group things like that, really opens them up. And that's why sports are so good because it it helps make you play with others yeah. and interact with others and really bring out the greatness uh, that maybe your kid has and they don't have to be the best one on the team just even sitting on the bench and being in the group is actually a good experience for a lot of kids right so right well and speaking of that how would you suggest to parents for example like if they their children really liked golf what could they do to um and what age group is good to bring them to events? What kind of events do you have where you could share that that level of professionalism with them? Right. So there's always a lot of pro events in town and then even college events, and you can search it online. And uh, most of the time, it's free for kids. Wow. The parents sometimes have to pay. but um, okay. And it's a pretty light interaction. A lot of times, even the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour has uh, junior clinics that are before the events, 
and they're free for the public again, and it helps an interaction at that level. Oh, wow. So, and you can Google search, um, you know, clinics for kids. Okay. And then also a lot of golf courses and driving range have um, like hour-long little clinics that you can sign up for that I know uh, my friend Leanne does one. I don't know if it's for kids, but I think kids can do it. It's like $20 for a bucket of balls and a, and a lesson. Wow. So it's a great deal to get that little bit introduction of an introduction. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, whether they're good, bad, or whatever, it's uh, golf brings people together too. So all of a sudden the parents and the kids are having an experience together to, yeah. you know, get them off the couch and away from the TV screen right. Right. so that they have this interaction that will be fun for them. Yeah, that's really neat. And what age group um, is it good to bring the kids to these kinds of uh, pre-golf game events and I don't even know nowadays. Kids are starting so young in yeah. so many ways. You I know, know. I know, I think, I think we used to see Tiger Woods on the TV at on one of those talk show things when he was a teeny kid. You know, so yeah. so they'll always be the savants that started at two or three. But okay. you know, pretty much when if your kid's reasonably athletic, um, I would say even five six. You could start with golf, yeah. but to go to an event, you know, uh, they bring them in strollers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they get them introduced to that yeah. energy sooner. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I had so much fun traveling the world because we go to the same event every year. So I would watch these kids grow up, wow. and a lot of them were my fans or friends, and it was so cute to uh, to really. And I used to get fan letters from them and pictures of them, you know, like when they got hit with a softball and and all that. It was so cute to get this interaction uh, at this level, you know. Right. Well, and you mentioned athleticism. What kind of athleticism could a parent see in a child just naturally or innately unfold that would would give them the idea that golfing is something that, that the child would like to pursue? Yeah. Well, nowadays we have so many, like, plastic clubs and stuff that you can buy in the toy store and <laughs> right. then the backyard's a great place. But again, these are things to get your kid off the couch and really get them involved. I right. was lucky being born when I was because I don't look at a screen back then right. and I was outside. I went when I came home from school, I went outside until the dinner bell rang, you know, yeah. or it got dark and that was the way it was, you yeah. know. But my dog got to run outside too. So the world's changed. Yeah. You know, but, you know, those were the good old days. <laughs> well, I think I think you had a unique backyard, too. Didn't you have a big yard um, called Wyoming Mountain? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, that, too. Yeah. But I was in Denver, Colorado, but then we went fishing yeah. every weekend to Wyoming. Fishing takes swinging, too. <laughs> yeah. Fishing takes a lot. Well, it was actually fly fishing. I was wow. taught at a young age, which my dad was very, very good at being able to handle that kind of stuff, but just getting involved in little stuff like that. That's why I think to be more well-rounded in life, you should try a little bit of everything. And for these kids, I think this really is making them conscious of the world. If you're interacting in so many different arenas, they're going to be more rounded and whole human beings. I've traveled the world. I've been to so many different cultures. It's made me a, a different person when I watch the news it makes more sense to me because I've been to those countries. I know how they live. Right. You know? Yeah. 
That's yeah. really huge. Yeah. So, so, and, and then even in a deeper way in athleticism, how did you create the body that you wanted to create being a professional golfer? I mean, what was really important to you in, in building this level of athlete that you are? Well, as in specialty produce, it's specialty foods. You really yes. want to make sure you're eating the right foods. Yeah. And even now, more than ever, you see how people are eating. But it's not just making a shake or eating nuts and seeds. It's actually eating pure foods in great combinations to really make the cells of your body work. When I uh, I had a lot of food sensitivities and I got off wheat and all of a sudden I could think better and have better conversations when I did these clinics for women. And since then I've been cleared energetically of some of my allergies – but at the time, it was huge to see that food had a lot to do with how I handled the world and the stresses in the world. Yeah, so that's that's awesome. So, what do you like to eat and and put in your body nowadays? I mean, what what creates that that beautiful pristine body that you're doing while playing golf? Yeah, well, you know, every time I put food in my body, I'm I'm making sure it's it's good food. So it's organic, it's clean. I make most of my food. I don't buy shelf foods or box food. It's very easy to eat, really. You just go buy wholesome whole foods and you put them together. Yeah. Uh, some reason the world thinks it takes so much time to do that, but it really doesn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's really and quite easy. I shop once or twice a week, but I buy a good bulk of stuff. Some I'll freeze so that I can just grab it out. But most of the time, it's just throw together, whether it be rice with some sautéed vegetables, a right. grilled chicken or shrimp, things right. like that. It's very easy to cook. I yeah. love grass-fed uh, bison burgers, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so what were some of the limits? Or when you were becoming a professional golfer, what were some of the limits that you experienced with your body? Like in um, – Maybe when the food wasn't as clean. Like, what did your body experience that you've now transitioned? Yeah, I think, well, we get a lot of injuries and instability when you have inflammation in your body. So you really want to keep the inflammation in your body down. And food is a, a way to do that, to really eat clean and you'll be clean. What is it? Uh, one of the tennis players, it's just amazing how he totally changed his body because he had all these sensitivities and now he's like top of the top of the rack. But it seems to me that people really have gotten, I don't know, dumbed out or whatever by just eating whatever they want to eat. Right. You know, like, oh, it's a, it's just fun to eat that, so I'm going to eat it. But it's to me, it's fun to eat good stuff because I really feel better. Yeah. You know, a lot of people get injuries. A lot of injuries, and you really need to take care of yourself, right. whether it be food or chiropractic or you know yoga, things like that. You really need to keep on top of things to to have a pure body to right. make it work. And then you're going to sleep great. You're going to love your parents more. Everything's going to be <laughs> everything's better. You know, when you see a grumpy kid lying on the floor screaming, there's two things that are usually wrong. It's either food or sleep. Right. 
You know, right. it's not that they're just mad at you. Right. <laughs> it's usually food or sleep. Right. So we really need to take care of ourselves so that we don't have those meltdown moments. Like right. when I'm on the golf course, I don't want to lie on the ground screaming and crying, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> even or, though sometimes you want or to. Or throwing the club <laughs> right. far away. Right. So if you're emotionally more stable right. and more stable is not being like these kids these days are pushed into studying too much or working out too much or trying to win too much, you know, you really need to... Or lose weight or gain weight. Right. Um, You need to really embrace you and the simplicity of life and really live a more well-rounded life. Yeah. Yeah. So so what can parents do when they see their child really looking looking towards the body and looking towards being athletic and, and wanting to go in that direction? What would you suggest as like a game plan for them It looks like maybe from ages 6 to 18 and Mm -hmm. through those years, what would be the main game plan, if you could point it out in like a simple idea of uh, how to support a child really maximizing their professional athleticism and their growth in that in a way that's like you talked about as being so well balanced. Right. So you'd want to have some sort of coaching, whether it be, you know, in golf, uh, a professional golfer to have a clinic here and there, like maybe once a week, maybe even have a health coach like a chiropractor who's really good at engaging the kid into taking care of themselves for them, not for their parents or their parents' ideas, but for them and their body. Once they understand that they have to make their own decisions, it's easier for them to make them. Oh, and if and if they have a goal, yeah. like I want to be a professional baseball player, right. then this person's going to help guide them. A little bit. Right. Well, and let's talk about that for just a minute because that's a really inspiring piece is talking about how we can help the kids get in touch with their body so they get feedback from their body to know what is healthy, what isn't healthy, um, what works, what doesn't work. Because you're right, from the parent's perspective, they might not feel what the child's feeling and they haven't. then the child hasn't learned also about how to connect to their own body. Right. So you talked at a really great process here about teaching the kids how to learn how to connect to their body physically. And the parents might have to open their brain up a little bit, too, because we all have our own already preconceived notions yes. of how to eat and how to live and how to sleep. And our kids are sort of mimicking them. Right even though we don't realize it. And we really need to maybe look outside our box and say, hey, am I doing enough good eating? Am I doing enough good sleeping? Am I not staring at the TV enough? And, you know, am I doing all the things that can help this support this child and make this child make its own choices? Because if we keep telling the kid what to do, they'll almost do the opposite just because. Right. Right. And that's the problem, you know, parents get. And if we can just inspire them and that's why if we can get them into those fun situations with role models that are going to be showing them the right things to do, then they will pick the right things to do because they want to click onto that role model. Even if the parents aren't pro golfers or even know about golfing, they can still get that insight from that mentor. And that's why I think professional athletes should be better role models because they're getting paid to be a role model. Yeah. And they they act like they are not role models, but they really are because these kids are looking up towards these athletes. Right, about how to how to create that for themselves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's really wonderful. And so so you talked about one way is in, in chiropractic care, 
That's an excellent avenue for the chiropractor to support the child in helping them connect to their body, like what nutrition created inflammation, for example, or a mental state or emotional state creating that inflammation, and or their structure, you know, what's right. happening with their posture, what's happening with their, what we call gait, right? Their walking right. ability, their moving ability. How are their hips, their shoulders? I mean, yeah, just have your them. kid march down the hall and march back. And then you see if that kid has a perfect posture gait. And I'll bet you half the people we're talking to right now, kids are going to have an odd gait. And the gait is really a window into what's going on in their body. Yeah. Whether it be scoliosis or not good brain integration. Right. Or all these things that can be helped and cured. Right. With chiropractic yoga and the right energy work, you can really change a person's lives. It really dramatically. Yeah. And it's possible. And then implementing on that daily basis good food, good mm -hmm. sleep. Um, reduce stress in mental and emotional ways as well. And let me tell you, these kids, they're grabbing for this stuff. Once they really get a hold of their own ideas of what can happen, they'll grab onto it. If they're just always told what to do, they're just going to not really be engaged. And you want them to make their own choices. You want them to make the great choices so that you don't have to worry about them ever. That's great. I, I realized it. I was talking to a friend today, and she has a four-year-old, and her four-year-old has been growing up with clean, organic food, no fast food from anywhere. And his little friend came over, and his friend talked about the favorite fast food place of four-year-olds. And um, and th this four-year-old said, no, that's not good food. It's not good for you. It makes you unhealthy. And <laughs> it was really cute. So even four-year-olds can start to talk in such ways to right. each other. To support each other and and choosing the foods that are healthier for their bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they don't. They'll reach for a kale chip if they haven't had other things to eat. I mean, right. if if the flavor's fun for them, they'll eat it. We right. don't have to tell them. Well, this is weird. Try it. You know, <laughs> right. and you just don't know what's going to resonate with e them exactly. But if we have enough different cool choices, they're going to grab onto it. But if you give them sugar, 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 right. it's sort of hard to break that habit. Yeah. And that's why the first few foods or all that shouldn't really be that sugar oriented. Correct. Right? Yeah. And talking about sugar too, our, our, our <clears throat> chiropractor talks about that and how it, it really affects our hips Yes, and affects our gait and affects how we walk. It affects our brain and nervous system. Isn't that amazing? I know. Yeah. It really is. And we don't really realize that that has that, – that, that these processed foods have these impact right. on our body in those ways. Yeah. 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 And so we were talking about how to get them started um, from a young age, and you talked about how to get them a mentor or a professional right. athlete to support them and coach them. And it could just be clinic ways with, you know, different interaction with different people, but really a more structured – so that they are interacting. Right. And yeah. getting that feedback. Right. Whether that's uh, there in the moment or that feedback of of how to even come to the event, right? And to right. come play and learn how to. And yeah. it, that mentor will be able to sort for the social and emotional and mental issues that they also might be facing to work with that being that professional athlete. It's so funny when uh, – the Olympic years come through and then women's soccer's on TV for that one week. I think that's the only week that's on TV. 
But the the rates of people signing up for women's soccer after right. that is amazing. All the kids want to do it, right. you know. Right. It's so it's like they're introduced to it for those two weeks, and then all of a sudden everyone wants to do it. So yeah. the Olympics are great in that manner, I think. It really does help open up people's minds or kids right. of which sports they really resonate for. Exactly. And, uh, you know, at least that's one way to get kids in. But hopefully we can do more than every four-year program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, because they could go to four to eight to 12, and then they're, you know. <laughs> so we do need some more interspersing of that introduction. Right, yeah. right. So, and then you talked about um, getting getting together with health practitioners that can help the kids get in touch with their bodies. Right. And I know I work with it in ways that get in touch with their energies and how their energies interrelate with each other that's physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental. But then also, like, even how to even deepen the energies within inside their physical body. Like with chiropractic care, for example, is a great example of how to connect to their nervous system. Many people don't realize that chiropractic care, acupuncture, um, cranial sacral, massage work, all of those other ways help the kids get in touch with their bodies that they didn't know right i mean we all have that we don't even realize it even from an adult perspective we go and get a massage and we're like oh my gosh i didn't know that place needed more support right. wow it was really tight right and we don't know that until someone else touches us or supports us in a way physically that we didn't know we had disconnected from that area yeah we call it structural integration <laughs> i mean or integrative uh, therapies because we're really trying to integrate our body into a whole right. so that, it, you know, we don't realize if someone throws us a ball, you know, we're putting our hand up and we're catching it. How many things have to happen? Right. Now, if you throw a ball at your kid and the ball goes by and then the kid puts the hand up, there's probably not a good structural integration there. That's correct. Right. So there's so many ways that we can integrate to help a kid find themselves. Right. And we talked about sensory motor too with the Encinitas Learning Center from a standpoint of knowing how to study better or um, read more efficiently or speak and express. But you're talking about physical expression, which we hadn't talked about before. And that's really wonderful too, because yes, you need sensory integration too for knowing how to gauge when that ball's coming at you, when to put your arm up and how to catch it. Right. 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 So all of those ways, so great, so great practitioner care all through their years of developing that professional athleticism, athleticism so that they're structurally yeah. intact, their brain and nervous system is intact, their sensory input is intact, their nutrition is intact, and they're choosing good choices, right? Right. And we want kids at a point, too, where they can learn also, like let's say we didn't talk about sports injuries, but like when they get injured, Instead of powering through and going, I've got to meet that meet, I've got to win, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. We all think it's the end of the world if we're going to miss that, you know, game that's tonight. Right. And when your doctor says, no, you can't go, you have to be a good parent and say, this is really important. We have to let it rest and heal. Right. Because us as parents need to know that, too. We need to let our injuries rest and heal. Absolutely. And then they work. Because if we don't let them rest and heal, it could be... It could prolong it for months or maybe cause permanent injuries. Right. And so that's why starting them off really young with getting in touch with their bodies. Yeah. So when they're experiencing pain or discomfort, they know how to go and take care of it. 
They know if it's, if it's nutritional or if it's water or if it's sleep or too much mental or emotional stress or if they put too much physical stress on their body. How do they go and, 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 and heal that, support that rest, and then rejuvenate that into even a higher functioning body? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think about when, when you're a kid and something happens and you cry and then all of a sudden the next minute you're laughing. That's how we want to be. That's right. how we want to get. We want to have that kind of energy that we can go through something but be so structurally intact and all that that we can get over it and move on. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, when we're too sensitive or we're having – we have too many things that are out of balance right. that we really can't get to that place. So you've got the the kid that can't get off the floor crying as right. much. And you, the more we really support them right. and really get them past these stages that can be cured yeah. or healed or supported, right. then that person's going to be so much better in the long run. It's amazing. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you, what? so what is a pre-professional teenager look like? What would, if you could, if you had a redo of your life, and and, and, and and the children in 2017, what do they get to do or in the future years as these podcasts continue to be listened yeah. to? What does that look like for that teenager? I mean, how do you see that teenager being in their pre-professional athletic body? What would, what would that look like as an optimal environment for the parents to support and resource to getting them there? Oh, how to get them there? Yeah, how yeah. to get them there. Well, like, what, again, like, what would that teenager look like if they were functioning and they're ready, almost ready to go professional when they get to right. the adult age um, or just, just under that or just over that? What would that look like? What would that teenager look like? What would, they, what would their day look like? Would they, they would be waking up. They would be determining how much sleep they needed, right? Right. So in other words, we don't want to get them up at 6 in the morning to go do this or four. Or four, or whatever. Right. You know, really, a kid's most important thing they need is what? Sleep. Right. Really. And I think that's the worst thing in this world, that people aren't getting enough sleep. Or cellular regeneration. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, those kids, they're making so much tissue and cells and hearts and lungs, and right. we don't realize how much more is going on in their body than just, you know. Right. Well, and teenager hormonal balance and exactly and muscle growth, the, their muscle stature completely yeah. changes from preteen to through teen. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize that you know yoga, chiropractic, massage, energy work, all this stuff really needs to be. Kids need it, and they need it a little bit, or they need it a lot. And you know, as a parent, whether your kid needs it a little bit or a lot, a right. kid should never ever have a headache. If right. a kid has a headache, something's wrong. Yeah. I heard that from my chiropractor. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but right. it's the truth. So right. it's little things like this. And if your kid has aches and pains, we have to figure out what it is. You know, you can't just let them, as they say, grow out of it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's not a good system. Or, or if they have chronic tummy aches or, right. or chronic digestive issues. Yes. And let me tell you, if you have digestion or stomach, I will bet 100% it has to do with food. Yeah. 
Okay. Food and sometimes emotions. Of course, emotions, but food and emotions, both together, it's, you know, you really need to deal with that. Because, again, we don't want them to grow out of that because they won't. And then as adults, they're not going to have as as good a life. They learn massive coping mechanisms. Right. And those coping mechanisms actually suppress us from creating the real healing we'd like to. Yeah, we really – that's the one thing if I had to do – more of I do more functional everything to get to that higher level because yeah. I really didn't have the coaching back then. I would have gotten a better coach and had right. more of a program without a total structure, but just that little bit of support. Right. It doesn't have to be a whole game plan written out. Right. But just enough support to help. I had poor posture, even when and when I look at pictures of me. Getting out of high school and into college, I had poor posture. And I had neck and shoulder pain. And that was from my poor posture. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm, you know, under chiropractic care and all that, I have no neck or shoulder pain. But at the time I did and it was horrible. Ding ding ding. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No Knock neck on or wood. Shoulder, <laughs> no neck or shoulder pain at sixty one. Yeah, and hitting golf balls. Golfing. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I That's take care good. of myself. So yes. You know, I get a massage twice a month, maybe three times a month. Yeah. Yeah, those are things people think that are all bonus things. But right. no, they're things that you need to do. They're body work. Right. Yeah. Uh, everyone has insurance and everyone pays insurance premiums. But really the insurance we need is eating right and taking care of ourselves yeah. with alternative therapies. And preemptively. And, right. And, and being prudent and being supportive and nurturing to our bodies. Exactly. Before it gets injured. Yeah. Yeah, to yeah. prevent injuries. Yeah, the mind's a good place to start too, because you yes. really need to you need to think good thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what I was thinking of. Like, what does that what does that teenager look like? And I was I was thinking. So you tell me. Like, the teenager wakes up, you know, when they need to in the morning, right? But and they've gotten good sleep. They've determined what kind of sleep they do need. Um, some may need 10, some may need 9. Now, hopefully need now we're going to eat a little protein right. in the morning. At breakfast. At breakfast. Yes, and eating okay. breakfast. And eating breakfast. And there are so many wonderful ways to create breakfast if it has to be a little bit quicker than right. a full cooking meal. Right. There's lots of different ways to support. Um, and there's so much on social media, too, right now that's supporting Good, healthy eating, um, mm-hmm. making oatmeal in the jar, right? And it's all yeah. ready to go, right? Right, And adding protein powder and seeds right. and all yeah. different fun things in yeah. it to make it delicious. Um, and, and then so I see eating a good meal in the morning and that you're right, that thinking that good thoughts. What are they thinking about today? Right. Are, they, are they getting ready for their day and they're worried and they're nervous that they're overdrawn? They have too much to do? Yeah. Or are they realizing that they have enough time in their day to create? Maybe at breakfast we talk more about fun things than structure what you have to do things, you know. Yeah. Because kids are – they're forced to do so many things anyway. We really have to have more fun times, you know. Yeah, so letting go of that to-do list maybe from our adult perspective and creating a breakfast atmosphere of – what kind of fun are you going to experience today? Right. Kind of restructuring some of those thoughts. And then we drop them off at school, and then hopefully they go to their practice or their activity afterwards. And then when they come home, hopefully they do have a little just fun time. Right. <laughs> Instead of straight to the books. Right, right. right. Yeah. And a good snack at home. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. they always come home and 
people don't realize how much kids have to eat. I don't I don't think they feed them enough and have enough good choice snacks around, yeah. you know. And and lots of water. Right. I think we we're we're learning as a society. We're we're getting rid of soda. Yeah. We're recognizing that that's not healthy and other things, but you know, I I still think we're a country or a society that doesn't drink enough water yet. Yeah. I think we're not we're not there all the way yet with mm-hmm. with good hydration and that's so essential for an athlete. Yeah. I think it's really misunderstood how yeah. much that is important. Yeah. And then and then also like structuring your like you said like uh, thoughts and belief patterns about what does that mean to be a professional? Mm-hmm. What does that mean to um have that sort of accountability in that and and where does that go? Are there are there are there professional athletes that give teenagers ones that are just about ready to come out out the chute, right, and become professional? Are there um, coaches and other people that they can talk to to mm-hmm. to really help them get out the gate in a really productive and conscious promoting conscious living and continuing that through their their young athletic career? Sure, yeah, there is. Well, I think I think. We're lucky nowadays with the computer searches. That's we can true. really find anything. That's true. Like conscious living. Now we can right. find people to help us, you know, consciously make good choices. Exactly. And, you know. Well, and there's social media too. Right. That's one way to yeah. connect with people and, right. and ask. And yeah. so we're so much more connected. It's wonderful too. Yeah, it is. We just had to pick the right sure. paths for them yeah. and not overdo it. Right. <laughs> Keep it light. Right. And fun. Because kids are driven enough anyway. If they get the bug, they're going to want to go hit balls all day and hang out at the golf course. Right. I know parents that either have country clubs or they drop them off at the uh, the local golf course and the kid just goes out and plays all day. Yeah. You know? Wow. It's a great way to babysit. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a golf club. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today you and giving bet. us your insight. It's it's so wonderful to receive this insight from a professional golfer yeah. and a professional athlete who really has created her life being whole and fun and exciting. Yeah, I would have never thought that I I really haven't had another job, really. Yeah. And it's just so fun that, you know, the job I picked has given me this much joy and fun and excitement. So wow. I've seen the world. Yeah. Hung out all with the, the coolest people. All the fun people you've met. Yeah. Wow, it's yeah. just exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks so much, Ashley. You're, You're great. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of Conscious Living here at the Specialty Produce Network. For more information on how to support your lifestyle with the fastest growing resource for conscious families, Visit our website at www.centerforconsciouskids.com. That's www.center4conscioskids.com. Join us again next week as we get a little bit more conscious and a little bit more centered. And we'll see you then. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you.